until they receive the Holy Ghost and power. So we got to have the Lord's power if we're going to get anything done. Praise God for that. That I did. That was just off the cuff. That wasn't what I planned. All right. So I want to welcome everyone to uh, Evangel Assembly of God. We are the assembly of God's people. We are the assembly of God's children. We are the assembly of God's kings and priests in this place in the earth. And God has his people all over the earth that he's put there for this time and for this purpose. And we've been put here for a special purpose. So as we go into the presence of the Lord this morning, I want us to focus on what God is calling you to do here in Mount Olive, in Gardendale, in Fultondale, in Birmingham, and in Alabama, and all the places that we go and interface with, because God has put us here for a reason and a purpose. And so I was seeking the Lord this morning about what to share, and God led me to Jeremiah, and I thought about it, and I thought, well, that's a little much, and, and then I got to church, and I saw Jeremiah 29, 12 on the back of the bulletin, so... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and share with you what God shared with me this morning because I think it's so important that we, uh, that we understand. And you know, God speaks to us. He's been speaking to us through his word. He's been speaking to us through his presence. And he's been speaking to us through the anointing that's been here. And as we go into this this morning, we need to hear that. And so as we read a prophecy that was meant for Israel, there's also a word in there for us at this time, because those, those things are not necessarily just for, uh, just for that time, but there's also, it can be applied to this time as we move forward into that. So as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, uh, before we go to praise and worship, I want us to open our hearts to the Lord and see what he has for us here in Mount Olive as we move forward. So if you'll stand, please. I'm going to read from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. A few verses, but I want you to listen carefully to how this could apply to us here in Mount Olive. It says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Do not let your prophets or your diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. For I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, when the time is right, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and I will bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart for I will be found by you declares the Lord and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from the nations and all the places where I have driven you declares the Lord and I will bring you back to the place from which I have sent you into exile. Let us go before our God this morning. Father, we worship you. We thank you that you have a call on our life that you've put us here in this place at this time. So, Father, we seek the welfare of our, of our city and of our people here, that you would use us as a light, that you would use us as the salt, that we would be the, the drawing point 
to bring people into your kingdom, that they would come to know you, the true and living God. So, Father, we just open our hearts to you this morning. We ask the presence of your spirit to fill us up individually to overflowing. For out of the throne of God flows the river. And, Father, we thank you for that river of your presence and of your spirit this morning. So, Father, we believe for salvation. We believe for healing. All those that are on our list to pray for, Lord, that you would touch their body, that you would deliver them with your mighty hand, and that we would give you the praise, and that the miracles that would be performed in the name of your son, Jesus, would draw all men to yourself, that this would be the light that you want in this part of the world. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, 
force one more time. Die for your sin. 
I sure am glad he found me. Has he found you yet this morning? If you don't know him, his arms are open and the door is open. God's here to receive you. Put your faith in his son, Jesus. Praise God. It's always hard for me to come up here after the praise and worship and make announcements. Because we've been in the presence of the Lord and we've been worshiping and praising him. And it's so good you just want to stay there. We've got a lot going on in our church. I hope everyone makes sure they get a copy of the bulletin today for all the different things that are happening this month. And uh, on the 14th, uh, Tim and Marcia Jones will be here. We're going to have a whole day to look at our children's ministry and see what God's doing. It's going to be a morning and evening activity. We're going to have lots of exciting things and so we're we're really excited for that day to come our college career are going bowling we wish them well no no gutter balls uh, on the 13th we got the children's meeting on the 14th after the a.m. service and uh, we've got training for the sound system we got all sorts of stuff going on as well as primetime lunches and men's ministry and women's ministry so make sure you look in the bulletin and see all of that but today we have a special day and this evening we are going to be voting on brother david wooten and his sis and sister debbie to become our full-time pastor so i'm asking that all full-time active members of our church attend our service tonight all the board members so that we can conduct our business so i just want you to know that uh, all the ballots that come in tomorrow will not be counted Okay. You, you don't have to bring ID in order to vote. You just have to be an active member, but uh, we want everyone to be in person. We'll be voting in person. If you mailed in a ballot, it will not count. Uh, so I just want you to know that before we go through this process this evening. So we take this uh, act very seriously. Uh, it has been the result of prayer and seeking the, the vision of God and the direction of God and we feel very strongly that we are walking in that as a board and as a church and Pastor Wooten uh, feels the same way that they're seeking the Lord so we just praise God for his direction uh, but I want everyone to uh, participate in that this evening so that we can conduct our business in a proper manner so with that I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward for the tithes and offerings So Austin, would you pray over the offering for us?
This time we're going to let our children go to Children's Church. And as they go, let's not, let's not forget the people that need prayer that are on the back of our bulletin paper. Pastor Jerry and Sister Mary and all the people that are listed there. And let's just continue to lift them up in prayer throughout the week. God is really blossoming our children's ministry, and not only the ones we see going out into children, but the nursery and the toddlers, and uh, there's a lot of activity going on there. So uh, I need you to pray for those people that are in ministry. Um, I'm not sure exactly how they do it. Um, we have a toddler at our house right now, and that, that seems to be a full-time job for four people. Uh, so I can't imagine what it's like when you have a multitude uh, in there at one time. So uh, as much as we enjoy being here and hearing the word and being in the presence of the Lord, they're ministering life to those children. So let's keep them up in prayer. So with that, we're going to have our pastor come and give us the word. Give him a warm welcome as he comes. Good morning. Excited to see everybody this morning. Uh, we are uh, excited about being here and being a part of everything that's happening. Um, and that includes us getting a tryout. Amen. Amen. We're, we're excited about it. Debbie and I have been honored to be able to serve in the capacity we have to help with uh, uh, Evangel and Brother Jerry and Miss Mary through uh, the, uh, the difficulty that they faced and been struggling through over the last year. And uh, so for about six months, it's been our honor to fill in as an interim. We were asked, we came in July, I was thinking back, um, July the 28th, 2019, we retired from pastoring a church that we've been at for 27 years and thought that was probably it, didn't know I was preaching, doing some stuff. And then July the 30th, 2020, we came and preached here and uh, filled in and then was asked at the end of August, we'd uh, do an interim. Uh, at that time, we thought it'd go through then December and um, Brother Jerry didn't get better, and he's, he's, uh, uh, we were honored to be asked at his uh, retirement if we'd try out. So here we are, uh, two weeks after that, uh, excited about the day, excited about being with you guys. Uh, I just, I don't know, I was told I had to give some, some information right here, so uh, <laughs> Debbie, I'm picking on her. You need to tell them about our family. I've been here with y'all six months. No, no. This is for anyone online. Um, welcome. Um, my name is David Wooten. Uh, I'm married to my lovely wife, Debbie, who's sitting on the front row. I have a son, a middle son, who is sitting on the front row with his wife, Lauren. They are the uh, proud parents of our greatest grandchild. And only one. Her name's Riley. She actually stayed in the nursery today. <laughs> Buddy. Come on, that's a big deal. Uh, matter of fact, Lauren and Michael were a little bothered by how quick she went in the nursery and turned her back on them this morning. Uh, so uh, uh, they are with us today. Uh, I have an, uh, have an older son, Matt, and I have a younger son who is married to a lady named Madison. They are worship pastors in 
at Salty Church in Ormond Beach, Florida. Uh, we watch and listen to them on the way to church on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock. You're welcome to tune in, listen to the worship there. You'll see Miles. Uh, and so we, we were excited. They're all in the like, I don't know, I'd have to guess at this, uh, 32, 30, and 25. Is that, is that right? Man, so I'm doing really good. I won't guess at this. Debbie and I have been married for 37 years, 38 May the 7th of this year. Uh, and so it's been exciting, an exciting experience for us in life and an exciting experience in the last six months to be a part of uh, Evangel. And uh, man, you guys, I'm just going to say this, you guys are awesome. It's been beyond uh, anything we could have asked or thought the Lord would give us this opportunity to try out and to possibly co- become um, leaders or um, influencers in the greater community of, of Mount Olive. In the surrounding area, because that's what it is. Four o'clock this morning, I'm laying in the bed. I'm not anxious at all about preaching. Y'all figured that out by now. Uh, matter of fact, I'm worried about my time right now. Um, I, I'm not at all anxious about that. I'm a little anxious over the fact there's so many lost people around. <laughs> and our job's to tell him he's alive <laughs> and that he's saved. I mean, that makes me really anxious. Uh, to think that the Lord would choose us to possibly lead and influence a group of people who have been given the task of reaching every lost person that we know with the gospel of Jesus Christ and even the ones we don't know. So, uh, yes, 4 o'clock this morning it was a a little heavy and uh, I was praying and uh, I wasn't sleeping. Uh, but I'm, I was very excited over the idea and the opportunity uh, that we would have today. And so I'm going to get into the Word. Y'all ready? Uh, I'll say again, welcome to those who are online. We're excited you're here. We're excited everybody that's in the house physically. Thanks for being here. Uh, let me just say this as a whole. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're here, if you're online, if you're watching this later, God will meet you where you are. Amen. God will meet you where you are. And so we are praying for that to happen for you and in your life. So a couple of weeks ago, I spoke and sort of took us into a place of consideration in the difference between working hard versus hard work. And when we talked about that, if you, if you have any recollection of that, the thing that we came to is, is that hard work isn't the shoveling with a, you know, a, uh, a shovel in a ditch, hard work is obedience to the Word of God. That's hard work now, I'm telling you. It's hard because it requires things of us. It, it, it puts a, res- a, a responsibility on us. Uh, and so in, in, in the six months I've been here, one of the things that I have done, and I've always done this in any church, tried to do this, is what, what is our mission statement and are we on mission? So our mission statement, I've repeated more than uh, once, obviously, But our mission statement is loving people. It says, wherever you are and whatever your journey, I'm sorry, whoever you are and wherever your journey has taken you, rest assured that you'll be loved, valued, and encouraged here through a connection with God and one another. And so that, that is what we believe as a church is the mission that we have, the mission that we're on. And this morning, we're going to look at another area that has to become, must become, the hard work that we do, okay? So I'm going to talk about more hard work. Just what you were excited about, uh, preacher's trying out, he's talking about hard work. 
Yeah, this is what you get when you get me now. <laughs> Amen. I, I don't know anything else. I don't know anything else. And, and, and the hard work that we're going to talk about this morning is loving, serving others. Because you immediately can think of somebody that you don't want to have to serve. Say amen. That's right. Much less the thought that I got to love this. Amen. I got to love this. I got to love serving. I, I love serving others. And, and I call it hard work. I'm going to explain why in just a minute, but I'm going to take you to Matthew 25 to begin with. We're going to pick up on verse 31, go through 40. I'm going to read that section, that passage of Scripture to you. And then we're going to see how this applies to us because it's going to really start off weird. I'm going to say that up front because I think we got to sort of clear our mind from some stuff that the world and this culture is talking to us about right now, okay? So Matthew 25, verse 31 begins and says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he'll place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And the king will say to those on the right, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. And I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And then the righteous ones will reply. These righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least, say the least. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So we believe in evangel. I'm basing this off of what we understand to be our mission statement. We believe in evangel that when you walk out, when you walk out of here, out of this building, when you separate and, and get offline, that you represent Jesus in the community in which you exist and you live. We believe that the only way that we'll fulfill our mission of loving people, so I'm telling you, this is what I see in this passage. I believe and I, I, it, that the only way that we'll ever fulfill our mission of loving people as a church is by living it out in our personal, individual lives. I got to love people. I can't, I can't rely on the church to, to, to create the opportunity, I got to do this daily. And that's why I told you this is hard work. This is hard work. Matthew 25 contains the least, the least for every Christian to live out. The least. So now that's talking about people. Well, hang on, let me get there. It's the least that we're to do. It's the least that we're to do. What's the least I can do and get by? Matthew 25. Watch this. I believe there's two simple points right here. I'm going to take you to them. I'm going to give you these thoughts right quick, and then we're going to have time of prayer at the end, and we welcome everyone online to join us in prayer just to receive the word. If you're taking notes, jot down these two things. I'll get to them uh, and try to explain them as best as I can. But, so the first is this. The one thing that is not taught, the one... 
The one thing that is not taught in Matthew 25, 31 through 40 is salvation is based on doing good works. You listen to me? Let that sit for just a second. The one thing that is not taught in Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40 is that salvation is based on doing good works. As a matter of fact, you could casually read this passage and possibly come to a conclusion that somehow helping others is sufficient to earn a place in the kingdom, uh, earn our salvation, earn your salvation and go to heaven. But that's not the message here, okay? I want to make sure we're clear on that. That's not the message in Matthew 25. It's not the message that's being expressed or, or, or stated by Christ. No one has ever been saved by doing good works. I mean, this is the word. I'm going to give it to you. I want you to see the big picture of it. No one has ever received the promise of salvation by serving others. We're called to love to serve others, but that's not how we get saved. We know Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 tell us this. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation's not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So what we begin to see and we begin to dig out of this is the fact that doing good on this earth is not our ticket to heaven. Even though we want to do good and we feel like doing good earns us something from God, it's not the way to get to heaven. It's a sign to others. I, I'm, so I'm not going to discredit it by any means. This is what we're called to do and it's a sign to others that there is good in you. But don't be fooled by that. I want you to hear that there is a deception that's happening, and, and, and don't be deceived in believing that good deeds are sufficient for salvation. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, make this statement. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, perform many miracles in your name. Folks, listen, I know people who hadn't done any of that. But these people were doing it. What do we do with that? What do we do with that? I know people who haven't practiced any of these, and we read a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, how that, how that they're still going to make it. Everything's going to be burned up because they were on a good foundation. What's that foundation? Jesus, Savior and Lord. But I will reply, I never knew you get away from me, you who break God's law. So it's evident that the one thing that is required of us is to obey God's law, right? So I'm supposed to be obeying the word of God. That's the hard work. We've been talking about hard work a little bit, and so that's the hard work. That's the thing that sort of comes out and stands out from these passages. There is hard work that you and I have to do. I mean, not my, my salvation isn't hard work. My salvation is by grace and faith, and I mean I believe and I receive, and man, it's done. And so I just stay in Christ. I just stay in Christ. But there's something beyond that. There's this moral law I'm called to live out that we've been talking about. There's this, this will, God's moral will for our, our life. And, and so I'm called to be holy as he is holy. And I know all these things that I'm challenged by that's hard work, I have to work hard at. But then suddenly I get to this point. It, it, when I look at this, this is what I come out with. There's a current belief within our society 
that, that, that drives this thought that there is a clearly a good deed spirituality. There's a good deeds spirituality. There's a belief, it seems, that if I just do good, I can do anything else I want to. If I just do good, that's all I got to do to get to heaven. If I'm just, if I, you know, if I just know the good Lord, and I'm not making fun, I'm just saying that's the phrasing, that's the top, top, the, 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 the titles and the names and the, you know, the, the, the man upstairs. I'm not, look, I'm fine with you using those, but don't let those things become an excuse, according to Paul, to sin. Right? Don't let those things become an excuse for you to live or act in a different way than what you know the Word of God says. Because, because it's easy to fall prey to the thought that says we're all good, decent people. And all we got to do is find that good within us. And that sounds good. I mean, my kids will be okay if that's true. My friends will be okay if that's true. The world's going to be okay if that's true, right? I mean, if that's true, then we don't have to work at it. And that's the lie wrapped in the cloak of deceit that people fall into. Find the good within yourself. Find your inner power. Find, just believe in yourself. Do, do good to your fellow man. Uh, uh, help others find the good within them. Those are all new, we, those are called new age philosophies. And so here's what I want to say about that. The scripture makes it clear that from beginning to time, this was a struggle. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 says that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So he's been working this same system on everybody, all, all humanity. It's been around since the beginning of time. One popular New Age proponent made this statement. One of the biggest mistakes humans make is to believe that there's only one way. Actually, there are many diverse paths leading to what you call God. I don't know a what. I know a who. Amen? And, that, and, and not, that's not the who I call God. I mean, there's not many paths to who I call. There's only one way. He's the truth, the life, the way. It's only Jesus. It's the only way. And so whenever I look at this, there's, knowing there's only one way, and that, 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 that through believing in the hard work of Jesus, through the cross, that I can receive salvation by faith through the grace that he pours out, a gift from him, then whenever I begin to look at this, the thing that becomes so clear, and hear this, people around us strongly believe that doing good deeds for others is their ticket to heaven, but the word of God doesn't teach that. So we want to sort of dispel that a little bit, put that to the side. We'll get back to it in just a minute. I want to give you what I do believe is the second simple point, and is the one thing that is taught in Matthew 25. There's something that is taught here that we want to grab hold to, and we want to embrace as a people, as a church, as individuals, and that those who know him, okay, those who know him will be known by the fact that they spend their lives loving, serving others. Those who know him will be known by the fact that they spend their lives loving, serving people. Again, that's hard work. I can't get away from that thought this morning. There's folks right now that I think of, oh, geez, don't make me love them. 
I mean, I know. I'm too, I know. I shouldn't be. I know. Y'all pray for me. But there are people it's hard to love. Say amen. And imagine if you've got to serve them. You ever serve somebody that you got through with it, and at the end of the day, when it was done, they found something wrong? <laughs> Quit looking around. It almost feels like we're contradicting the first statement when we go into this, but listen carefully to the passage. I'm going to read you 34 through 36 again. I just want you to hear these again. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Jesus draws our attention, brings our focus in on the least. The least. He said it in verse 40. When you did it to one of the least of these. The least. Who are the least? And where are they in our community? Now I know, man, it's such a different, it's such a different day. I bet when Mount Olive, I bet when Evangel started, when you said community, it was community. You say community now, it could be in California. I mean, it, we, we, we are working towards and we'll eventually have an online campus. People who are watching us from all over. I mean, that's what we believe in. That's what, and whether I become the pastor or whoever, that's the opportunity. That's the opportunity. I, I listened and, and the board went with me to a CPD board, uh, pastor board banquet this Monday. This past Monday, and one of our one of our church plants, Hope Church here in Birmingham, he stood and told the story of a lady who is attending their church, but she has been unable to come to the church, which launched March last year, and so because of the, her family's health condition, so she has watched completely online. She has come to Christ online. She has been delivered from cigarettes online. She has seen it all happen online. She's he said, I've, she's paying tithe. He said, I've never seen her face-to-face -face outside of FaceTime. That's pretty face-to-face -face for a lot of folks these days. But anyway, you understand what I'm saying? So, so what I want you to understand is our community, I, I mean, I've got a son and daughter drove all, drove all the way from Trustful. Imagine what they had done if they had to try to do that 25 years ago. They couldn't have. They need to be in a local church. Nowadays, anything's local. And all I'm saying is, I want you to understand, when we talk about who the least are in our community, our community is anywhere we are, any outreach we have, any extension of who Jesus is to us. The least are those who have need. That's who they are. I'll give you a few verses right quick. I'm going to rattle them through pretty quick here. This is talking about serving those who are in need. It's in 
I would give you a couple of Old Testament, one New Testament. Deuteronomy 15 gives us about four verses, 7, 8, 10, 11, makes this statement. But if there are any poor, um, and, and I'm, I'm going to skip some of the stuff. I'm going to piece some stuff together on my reading. Just keep up with it on the, on the screen. But if there are any poor in your homes who, uh, when you arrive in the land the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly. For the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. This is why I am commanding you to share freely with the poor and with others in need. Luke 19, 12 and 13 says, Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. And he replied, you give them something to eat. I mean, it's our task. This is our job. This community belongs to us. I told, I, I mentioned this, I've mentioned this. He came to save the nation. He came to save the world, not just me. I get to be a part of the saving of the world. Evangel is here for the city, for the, for the people, for, for, for the extension of his kingdom into this world. Amen. And so when we really think about who we are, we got to understand that our loving to serve those around us is the extension of Christ through us into their hearts, into their lives. Deuteronomy 10, 17, 19 says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God, who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among them among you and gives them food and clothing so you too must show love to foreigners for you yourselves were once foreigners so i'm gonna break it down i'm gonna go back to two points real quick the first point was pretty simple if you're depending on good works to get to heaven they will not get you there they won't get you there and my invitation to you today is to respond to the free gift that God offers you called salvation in Christ. We understand and know that this is based solely on the work that Jesus did, the hard work that he did through the cross, through the suffering, through the rejection. We know that it was through that work, his death, his burial, his resurrection, that we now have salvation. They're going to be some really bad people standing in heaven that came to Jesus at the end, at the end of their life, at the end of their event, at the end of something, and you're going to look and go, wow. And then there's going to be some folks that's been good as gold that you're going to search a long time for and might not find. This thing's all about Jesus, y'all. This is all about Jesus. It can, salvation can happen here in this building. It can happen for you online. It can happen for anyone at any place right now. And so what I'm saying to you is this. If you'll call to him, he will hear you. If you'll call to him, he will hear you. Wherever you are, whatever your circumstances. Acts 4 tells us this in verse 12. Salvation is to be found through him alone in all the world. There is no one else whom God has given who can save us. No one else. 
no deed, no action, it's beautiful. Today, Barry wants to come up. Today, and I know this is right at 11.30. Don't get nervous. I got 15, 20 more minutes of preaching. I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not lying. It was a joke, but there is truth in that. But anyway, we'll go there in a minute. You know, we love to get Barry up because he sort of softens the moment. See, there's, there's reasons we do things in church. There you go. Doesn't that feel better? I know I'm having fun, but man, salvation is such a serious thing. I know we joke and have a lot of humor in what we do, but man, it is such a serious thing. Because if you're here this morning or if you're online any or watching later, at any point, if you say how, I say easy. How? Easy. How? Easy. It begins with admitting. Admitting to God that you're a sinner. That's, that's where the beginning of all of it is. Listen, if good works aren't going to get me there, something's wrong with me. Because good works should get me there, right? But they won't. Why? Because I've got this nature I'm born with that we can trace all the way back to Adam and Eve. Something that's in me. If you don't believe that that nature is there, just get a toddler to live with you for about. <laughs> Give it to me. There you go. I got that. Amen. Because we find out with our children, where did that come from? We want to blame the other parent and the, or what, but it just, it's, it's really, it's not that. It's a nature. It's a nature that's in us. A nature prone to sin. A nature prone to rebel. A nature that's prone to kick back, fight back, resist. Truth. All sin results in spiritual death. So we're born dead. We're born dead. I mean, my nature at birth was to resist and to fight back, push back against God. But there was this day. What a day. Amen. I mean, I got saved a few times, y'all. I was bad. I needed a lot. I mean, I got saved at about nine. I remember going to my dad's service station and walking behind the desk that night after a, a, an event mom had taken me to, and he's back there counting his money at the service station. They closed late at like 10 o'clock, and I remember telling him, Dad, if you don't, if you don't ask Jesus in your heart, you're going to die and go to hell. So they had taught me that. What do kids do? They repeat what they've been taught. And he said, what are they teaching them up there? And mom said, the truth. It took, about, it took about nine more years before dad went to church. But he finally went, got saved. He's in heaven today. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Probably not because I, at nine I told him he was going to hell. <laughs> but there's not a perfect practice. Maybe that is what. It just took nine years to sink in. I don't know. 
I'm just saying all sin results in spiritual death. And I know this personally. I know it. We're all guilty of sin. We all qualify as sinners, and we all need a way to be saved. What a perfect song today. I've come to tell you he's alive. I've come to tell you he's saved. Listen, I can end right now because that's my mission. That's what my job is, is to tell you Jesus is alive, and Jesus saves. Hallelujah. Now, I do realize there's a next step. And so once I admit that, I got to believe that God took, that, that God, that I got to believe Christ took your punishment for your sins, my punishment for my sins, and placed it on Jesus. I got to believe that. I got to believe he became the substitute for me on the cross. That what I deserved, he took. Say, how can one man do that? It's impossible. Outside of the divine work of God himself through his own son, Jesus Christ, who was sinless. And he took it off for you. And I'm so thankful for that. He took on himself my punishment. Your punishment, our punishment, the sins of the world, everything was placed on him. He bore even the separation from his father during that time. So that at the end he could say, it's finished. And it is finished. All you got to do now is confess. Once you admit and believe, then all you got to do is say, you know what, Jesus, I believe in you as my Savior and as my Lord. It's that simple. I told you it was simple stuff. Romans 8, I mean Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, sorry. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. How many of y'all know that to be true? For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. So it all starts on the inside. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So all I'm, I got Barry up here in the soft music, just the, everything's perfect. If you're here this morning and you need to be saved, you need salvation. You've never asked Christ to be, to, you, you've, never been, you've never admitted to God your sin or the nature of your life. You've never believed or, or, or put your belief in Jesus as your Savior. You've never confessed openly Jesus is Lord. If that's you, if you're online, if you're sitting in the house today, listen. There's no better day than today to surrender your life to Christ. Yes, there are more steps. You need to be baptized in water. You need to acknowledge to the world publicly 
that the old man is dead and there's this new man who's come to life. <laughs> that's what water baptism does. But that's secondary to the first thing. I'm just going to tell you, if you die on your way home, you're not water baptized, you'll make it to heaven if you ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior. Okay? Okay? Okay, we good? It's a get-to. I get to. Amen? Every head bow. Listen, this is the moment that the Holy Spirit searches the heart, not me. And I'm simply a messenger and trying to be obedient. So if the Spirit of the Lord is searching you right now, and if you feel checked, something in you is telling you, don't rely on or believe the lie that your good works are the good that qualifies you for heaven. Something's telling you and checking your spirit and saying, Jesus wouldn't have hung on the cross if work could have saved you. There's something is checking you and telling you, today's the day. Today I'm calling. Today the Lord is calling. Then I invite you, hey, come to Jesus. Come as you are. Come where you are. Come in humility. Come today. Don't wait. Come and admit your sin. Come and believe Christ took your place. Come and confess him as Lord and Savior. Come. That's all I'm saying. Just, just, just come to Jesus. And I'd say the first step of that is let's just take a minute. If that's you, if you're in this place and you need salvation, you, you need to surrender to Christ today. You admit the Holy Spirit is dealing with you right now about your life and about your future and that your circumstances, maybe you're online, your circumstances have dictated some things in your life that's causing you to realize, man, I need Jesus so bad. All I'm going to ask for those in the house, if that's you, if you're here this morning, you need to come to Christ. Put your hand up in there and back down. I just want to. I'm asking anyone here, you need Jesus, you need, to, you need Christ. Put your hand up in there and back down. If you're online, all I'm asking is, would you take a minute and, and, and just somehow respond to us through the live feed, through following it on our Facebook page, respond to us and say to us, hey, can you contact me? Through private message, can you contact me? Can you give me more information? I've made a decision to follow Jesus. No turning back. Help me with the next step. I don't see any hands here. I don't know, but believe that God's at work out there. So I want to pray. Will you all join me? Father, we just come right now. We take this moment and we pray for anyone who's making a decision to make Christ their Savior and Lord this morning. God, we recognize that there is no distance and there is no space between right now and the moment these words are being heard, that your anointing is there, your presence is there, that you're calling. So I just pray for those who might come this morning. I pray that they would come as they are. I pray that they would bring all their baggage. I pray that they'd bring all their hurt and their pain. I pray, Lord, that through that, that they would simply say, Father, I'm a sinner. I know that. I realize my sin. I can't do anything about it. The choices I've made have put me where I am. But today, I believe. 
I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe Jesus took my place on the cross. And I believe today that through confession, that in this moment, I choose Christ as my Savior. I choose Christ as my Lord. I believe salvation has come. I believe the old is past and then all things are being made new. I believe that you're at work and bringing those who are receiving this word right now to this moment. And you were working in it yesterday and the day before to get to this moment. So, God, I pray your presence envelop those who have opened themselves to you. And I pray that salvation reigns in them, pours on them, completes them in this moment through your grace and through your mercy. We pray it in Christ's name. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's by faith give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So Barry's saying right there, I'm going to talk to you guys now. Not leaving our online folks out because there's people part of evangelists watching. What about point number two? Real quick. I want to break it down for you. I read a book called Irresistible Church, and in it the writer makes this statement. Our goal isn't to become an irresistible church to the, to the community around us. Our goal is to become an, inner, an irresistible church to the heaven above us. So, so my question becomes this, how do we become irresistible to heaven, amen? How, what would it be like to walk out of here and just have the presence of God on you so strong this week that you go, Man, see, God's with you. You're fearless. You, you want to you care for every person you see. You want to share with every person. How do we get to there? Well, I'm going to tell you, I think it's by loving and serving others. Living like our life depends on loving and serving people. Listen to me, Evangelist. If, if we want to be irresistible to heaven above, then serving others has to become our daily mission. I know our mission is loving people, but how do, they, how, do, how do we love them? By serving them, by daily looking for the opportunities God sits before us to do something. Because when we really talk about this and we look at it, our mission is loving people, but our daily grind mission, I call it the daily grind. I mean, it's the work. I mean, it's the hard work. Our daily grind is putting that love into action by serving somebody, looking for a way to serve somebody, looking for a way to love them through serving. I, I, I talk all the time about two sides of the coin. It's the other side of the coin. It's the other side. There's a heads. The heads is loving people. Then there's the tails. That's the, that's, that's the serving, the least, looking for those in need, who have need. Who do you know that fits the least profile? We're going to go out of here with this thought. Listen to me. Who do you know that fits the least profile? Who do you know that's hungry? Who do you know that needs new clothes? Who do you know that's been sick? Who do you know that's been in jail recently? I, it's okay. I, I, know, I know somebody. I'm, I'm, you understand. 
Who do you know that's been abused or neglected? Who do you know that's grieving a loss or a tragedy of some sort? In other words, who has God placed in your life that needs a caring friend? Because listen, this is just a fueling stop. You listen to me? This is a fueling stop. That's what church is. It's where we come get fueled up and go back out there and grind. It's where we come to invest ourselves so that in the end, all of the services and all the gatherings, all of the, all of the, uh, the, 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 the events that we can plan, you name it, all the stuff, in the end, what matters most is a redeemed soul. Is that we're bringing people to Jesus. It's supposed to. They're encountering Christ. That they're seeing him in us and that they're being drawn to him through us. <laughs> Each of you in whatever capacity. Here we go. Each of you in whatever capacity you serve at Evangel. Whatever it is you do. I don't care if you're greeting or you're gifted and you can sing and play music because I can't. Or you're working in that's children's ministry may be a greater gifting. So, so whatever it is, leading youth, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, each of you, make it possible for a new person to hear, to see, to feel, to encounter the gospel clearly and without distortion. That's, that's what you do when you love serving. When your love is to serve. And we do it together. So I'm asking you this morning. Who will you love by serving them this week? Who is God placed in your life that you know has a need that you can take time to go maybe take them to lunch and just listen to them? Or maybe you can go buy them a little something and give it to them because you know that specific need. I mean, I realize that's pretty blatant. I hadn't run anybody naked lately. I, I, lately. Thank you. Thank you. But I know folks that can't afford to go buy nothing. Come on. Come on. We know folks that they're, they're worried about where their bill's going to, how they're going to pay their bill. I mean, it'd be all easy for all of us. I know, I know, I know, I know. It'd be easy. I'm fixing the end. I'm fixing to start meddling. But anyway, it'd be easy for all of us to sort of think to ourselves, well, they got themselves in that spot. They're going to have to get their stuff out. What if God said, no, no, I'm going to use you. I'm fixing to pour the love of God out through you. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. Come on, stand with me. Listen. This is hard work. But it is so worthwhile. It's hard work. It's hard work to serve people. But it's so worthwhile. Because ultimately, who you're serving, and I'll take you back to this, the whole time Jesus was talking about the one who's hungry, the one who needs clothes, the one who needs 
just made it, had made what he's saying. When you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. That's what he's saying. Jesus is around us constantly, every day, in the presence of the need. When you see a need, quit looking at it as if it's someone's fault. Seize it as the, as, as the presence of God. It's Jesus. Jesus. And if it's Jesus, he'll meet the need through you and meet your need through that. So you won't, you can't, I don't believe you can run out if you, if you do what you're supposed to do. I believe he gives so that we can give. Amen. Who's willing to pray with me right now? Lord, put somebody in need in my life. Put your hand up there. Father, you see our hand raised. I believe we're sincere. I believe as a church, we understand there's a community around us that you have placed us in. Whether we live in Mount Olive or not, we're talking about our sphere of influence, our community our influence and in that place God we ask you to reveal the need show us place in our life the person that needs someone to care that needs someone to share that just needs that needs Jesus that needs your presence that needs your help even though they don't realize that you're there with them and you're trying to show us your presence through them so give us eyes to see an ear to hear a mind to understand what it is that you're doing around us and help us as we walk out of this place to seek out that need this week we surrender ourselves for that purpose in jesus name would would everybody say amen and let me ask this if you have a physical or emotional need that you need prayer over before we leave, can I pray with you? Anyone have, I'm opening an altar now. If you have a physical need or a spiritual need or emotional need, I'm opening an altar. We still got plenty of time. It's not 12 o'clock. Anyone, will you come? Anyone else? Anyone else? Let us pray for you. All the people standing, they're just going to agree. We're going to pray over that need. Anyone else?